0: Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from the Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to the Real Nerds Podcast.
1: Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me this week is... James! And stay tuned, because uh, me and James saw Veronica Mars this week. We did. Um, and uh, we'll get into that when we talk about the review. But we also have... Two special guests who are going to review the Grand Budapest Hotel for us. Yeah, we didn't just bring in anybody. No. Not just, we didn't just get, like, Brad to no. go see the Grand Budapest Hotel. We got some special guests. Really, really special guests, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And if you're wondering what the real nerds do every week, we go see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, it happened to be two movies. Yeah. We didn't see two movies. Our two guests saw the other movie, and it'll be a surprise for you Can listen to who saw the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, we also are going to be talking about some movies that are upcoming on Blu-ray, stuff we've been watching, box office numbers, a comic book. You have one for me this week, right, James? Yeah, I do. Great. Um, and am I forgetting anything? Oh, news. Some movie yeah. news. Yeah. Um, we like to do movies. You know, it's one of the things, um, I'm sure I've told this story before on this podcast, we are almost 150 episodes in. <laughs> um, Most likely. You know, I, for me to unwind, it's uh, either movies or video games. And um, I've been playing a lot of South Park, The Stick of Truth. Is it good? Oh, it's awesome.
2: I can't mean to pick it up. I just haven't
1: it's had it. It's awesome. Um, if you're a fan of South Park, it's definitely worth the investment.
2: My uh, my, my cousin and his like six young kids are in town mm-hmm. uh, who all range from ages like three to 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and today they took a drive up to Fair Play and they were like, like they Fair were Fair super exci- excited because they're like, we're going to go see South Park. And like, <laughs> they put it on Facebook and all
1: that stuff. It was funny. Uh, yeah, then they'll realize. Oh, South Park's really small. Yep. I, I love Fair Play. I used to fish there when I was a kid. There's these two ponds there. I still like to go up there and fish. Yeah. I, I don't like eating fish, but I love the sport of fishing. Yeah. It's one of those things I've always wished I was good at. But mm-hmm. like when I was
2: a kid, we would go fishing, mm-hmm. and we never caught fish
1: ever. You know what, James? Many, many times we went
2: fishing, never caught fish. If
1: you want to go fishing with me sometime, I'll take you to Montgomery Reservoir. You'll catch fish there. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy.
2: We always. Hit I. <laughs> I remember this time where like. Jake and I were sitting, and we had our little camp chairs or whatever, and we were fishing. And maybe 15 feet down the, like, little lake or river or whatever, there's this dude, and he's pulling out, like, one string with 10 fish on it, mm-hmm. and Jake and I are
1: getting jack shit.
2: <laughs> and I was just like, fuck.
1: You know, uh, this is just, we're just cursed. I'm not the greatest fisherman. Uh, my brother, Steve, is a really good fisherman. Yeah. Um, but I will say this, um, at Montgomery Reservoir, I would cast um my line in and I'd have two salmon eggs or power bait or whatever you want to use mm-hmm. on the end. And then I would also have another pole which I'd have a lure on. And there, this is a true story. A couple of, uh, last year I went with my father and or two years ago, something like that. Uh, when I went with my dad and I caught three fish at once. Really? Yeah, it's a really easy place to catch. They're like uh, little rainbow trouts and it's fun, yeah. but like I said I don't eat them. I release yeah. them. Yeah. Oh care. yeah, yeah, no. It that's... was longer than that. It was a long time ago. Huh. I we know. always
2: use that, like, neon yellow cheese bait stuff. Yeah, it works so sometimes. Does it? I use no. salmon
1: eggs. That's my, my go the salmon.
2: We tried the salmon eggs. We would wrap the salmon eggs in uh, neon cheese goat, like, stuff. So it would be,
1: like, a chewy center yeah. for the fish.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were making, like, sausages, but for fish.
1: <laughs> and the fish were too stupid to know they had no, a great treat. No, they didn't treat. fucking give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> no,
2: it sucked. So
1: I'm sorry, James.
2: I mean, it might have been that, like, I was six years old, and maybe six-year-olds aren't going to be very good at fishing, but... Um yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a fun sport. Yeah. And I love going to Fairplay. Fairplay is a cute little town. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's what we do. Sometimes you can see we just go off and talk about whatever we want.
2: Yeah, just talk about a little fishing.
1: Um, I will say I got really excited this week in our emails when we're starting to get stuff for <laughs> Denver Comic Con. I know. And that uh that's cool. I won't tell people what they're sending us, but it's nice to know that we're the go to for podcasting mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but stay tuned, guys, because um, we will, as soon as we know officially where our stuff is going to show up, we'll tell you where you can find it on mm-hmm. their website, um, which should be really soon. <laughs> um,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Me too. A uh, lot of work between now and then, but uh, it I think it's going to be a really great year. But, you know,
1: of all the things um, that we do, invest a lot of time into, Denver Comic-Con, I think, is one of the ones that pays off the most. Yeah. Um, because we get a lot of traffic to our booth. We get a lot of new fans. And it's just fun to meet people. Oh, it it yeah. really is. Um and uh this year they, they just announced Fiona Staples again. Mm-hmm. Um I gotta talk to Brad. I know we do have an interview with her video and audio mm-hmm. that maybe we can get up hopefully in the next week or so. And uh so yeah, Denver Comic Con's <laughs> dude, three months away. Oh man. Like oh. almost yeah, like three months exactly this weekend. Yeah. Um so that should be lots of fun. Um so if you haven't bought your tickets, make sure you buy them soon. Their V I P tickets have already sold out, so yeah. Um, if you want to get in, you have to go soon. Because I, I, I know from their uh, issue they had last year is that they are putting caps on it this year. So, yep. um, And it's well worth it. And it's not even that expensive. No. I think it's like 40 bucks for three days.
2: It's still a pretty small con, yeah.
1: It is, so enjoy. Make sure you get those. Uh, James, what did you want to do first on Real Nerds Podcast this week? Uh, let's do some numbers. Cool. Box office numbers it is. This is the Box Office Stats.
2: Uh, this one surprised me.
1: A, a little bit surprising.
2: Um the the truth is like
1: man, uh, you know
2: it, Our theater it, was pretty full last week.
1: It was. Um the 300 Rise of Empire was number 1 with 30 or 40 million? Yeah, 45. 45 million. Yeah. Um which I mean it's off from the first 300. But Yeah, but but a movie that's 7 is it 7 years? Something like that since the last one and not really it's, it it didn't have somebody to root for. You know what I I said that last week. Yeah. It didn't have a this is Sparta.
2: And it's one of those sequels where like uh, the the main guy's not there, the director's not there, mm-hmm. like you know, there's a lot of the momentum isn't there for this sequel to just blow up. Yeah. Um so honestly I kinda thought it was gonna fall on its face a little bit. Um and I I honestly I expect that next week we're gonna see it drop pretty quick. Mm, probably um, because I, I have a feeling that, yeah, it drew a lot of, like, younger. Like, our theater was a lot of younger people I, you who know, I were probably did, excited about it. I think it,
1: the article on Box Office Mojo Today said it might be number one again. Really? Uh, because Need for Speed is not tracking that well.
2: I guess. Yeah, there's probably not a whole lot of competition.
1: Uh, but Mr. Peabody and Sherman was a second place movie. I, I think it, it was just too generic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wrong
2: time of year, I think, too.
1: It's, well, th- I know DreamWorks has had success with this, with The Croods last year, mm-hmm. and a couple other ones, but it's just, eh, I, I, there's,
2: it, well, uh, so I should take that back, I, I I don't say it's the wrong time of year, because it's a bad time of year to release kids' movies, I say I say that more because I feel like there wasn't a lot of stuff ramping up to it, yeah. like, we saw the trailer for a little while, and it just dropped real quick, like, oh, the yeah, movie's out now,
1: um, and, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was originally Mr. Peabody, oh, Really, he, he dropped out because, you would have seen it then. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, he dropped out because I forget what movie he was filming. I think The Judge or something, um, or it just didn't line up for him. Cool. Oh. but uh, you know, I'll probably see it. I have lots of nieces and nephews. Yeah, and I know my niece Taylor already texted me about seeing it, so I'm sure I'll see it eventually. Yeah, but I have no desire to see opening weekend.
2: We've got uh, yeah, like a, like I said, I've got a bunch of family in town, and they've got some younger kids, and we really want to take them to the Alamo. Mm-hmm. um But we don't know what to take them to because they, they've seen the Lego Movie, mm. so we're th- we're thinking about it. But it doesn't sound as much fun. um yeah. I, we're, I think we're hoping that there's something like an older movie this week that we can.
1: Yeah, they're not going to be around this week because this weekend's the Muppets. So that might be a good one to see.
2: Uh, ne- well, next fr- like Friday's the Muppets. Yeah. Mm. Um, but we're g- we're going to be out of time. That's next right. Week, that's so right. Might might try to make it work, but
1: we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see, huh? Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's the numbers. What what's next, James?
2: Uh, let's, um, let's do a little
1: news, real news, unspool it. It's real news.
2: Not a whole lot of stuff this week, um, but as usual, I'm going to start with something sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Hal Douglas died, who, not a name you know not a name that I think a lot of people knew the way that they knew Don Lafontaine, mm-hmm. but he was, he was also Don Lafontaine. Yeah, yeah he's very, very much along the same lines. Uh, Eighty-nine years old, uh, had a, had a very long and uh, and hopefully fun-filled life. Um, yeah. He was one of those guys who, like, when I heard after he died and people put together like compositions of of his mm-hmm. voice, I heard his voice and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this yeah. one felt felt a lot more like. Uh, like a lot more of the TV stuff and things like that. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, just cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just to, you know, a cool voice, and it's a voice that you recognize, you know, from TV and movies. And oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. It's it's cool to know that you could be recognized just by your voice. And you, I always wondered if someone like that ordered something from me at my restaurant, I'd say, oh, I know who you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think
2: he's like it's one of those professions that never gets. Any real respect, they're not? Not no respect, but it never gets Non-tiny, any attention. Yeah. You know, like until until Don LaFontaine died, most people did not know who Don LaFontaine mm-hmm. was. The only people who did only knew it, like because they liked him making jokes about in a world, you know. Mm-hmm. And when they did, they kind of went and looked that up.
1: You know, it's um, uh, an interesting story about him. Is um, the creators of Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. think his voiceover on their trailer helped? make their movie better yeah because um it's really good and it really is just him going there's a problem at camp crystal lake one and it's just a series of no scares but the way he delivers the numbers is just like oh i really want to see this movie yeah um so yeah it's it's a art form that a lot of people don't appreciate yeah yeah and i feel like it like on T
2: V it's it's still totally around, but in, in theaters you don't get it as much. Yeah, you don't it's mostly just text now. Nope. Um which whatever. Mm. Uh, what it's a do? it's a cool thing. I'd like to see somebody bring it back. Like especially I think a modern horror movie could do it, you know, if you were very careful about the way you did it, I think you break it you could bring that back and really get yeah. people excited in a way. Like like that. Where you'd have to be really smart about the way you used it. Yep. Um have it feel very natural, but also like edgy and like just punchy in the gut. Yeah, now that uh, you say that,
1: I'm trying to think of the last trailer I saw that had narration on it. Right. It's been a while. Yeah, because you know when you see the Godzilla trailer and Brian Cranston is doing his monologue.
2: Right. I think that's what they tend to do now is they like to get some actual audio out of the movie, if they're if they're gonna do voiceover like <laughs> that.
1: Yeah, the Cranston speech in Godzilla. That might. It's be, pretty fucking good. That's my favorite trailer so far this year.
2: Uh, <sighs> yeah. I haven't seen a Guardians trailer in theaters yet. So I think I think when I see the Guardians trailer in theaters then I'll but it'll be close cuz yeah, that trailer's great. Did you see this tonight when we watched it? Did you see the the bird thing? Yeah. Yeah, there's that shot where like the the soldiers look up and there's something coming down at them. Yeah, yeah that's not Godzilla. No. And then there's that like talon whoosh that hits it's the ground. Be so badass. Yeah, that movie's going to be great. Um I hope. Yeah. I don't know. There's too many good people involved. For that movie to to completely suck. Yep. Um, anyway, also yes. in real news, uh, were you ever a fan of the movie The Explorers? Or I think it was it was technically just Explorers. Hmm. But um, so it's this wacky movie that like it's about these kids set in the eighties, very much in the same line as like a um, Last Action Hero or ET kind of movie. I don't even remember it. Um, and these kids they build they invent like this this super sciency bubble like it creates like a i mean it looks like a soap bubble right and and it can it's like you know for some reason you can like it'll do stuff or whatever and it doesn't <laughs> matter does I, I don't remember like what's special about the bubble but what they do is they build like a little spaceship and form the bubble around that mm-hmm. and then it turns into like an actual spaceship and they can they take it off into space um and then they they basically run into like um some aliens in space who are, who are basically like, you know, snot nosed teenagers who have run away with their their dad's car. Um, and it's just goofy and it's, it's a really fun movie. And then halfway through, as soon as they meet the aliens, it just goes really weird. Um, very, uh, it's a movie that I really loved as a kid, but I don't know that like, if you showed it to somebody <laughs> today, they'd understand why. I don't
1: even remember. I know I've seen it. I yeah. know I've seen it. I don't remember a single word you just said. <laughs> so, Because it's one of those yeah. movies, a lot like Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Oh, I, it's very Flight of the Navigator. I, I've seen it, and I remember loving it as a kid, but I only remember certain moments of it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, so they are, they're talking about remaking it, which it, it's one of those that like, I'm fine with this one, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's a movie that was really fun and was, was cool as a kid. But I know if I go back to it, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> um, and it's a cool idea. Like why, you know, why not go, go do something new with it. Cause they're I can promise you this, uh, like they're not going to make it exactly the same as the old one. So it's basically a new movie with the same title. Yep. Um. So no big deal. Um. And then there's, there's, there's just generally been some Avengers news. Um, we got like a, a date for
1: Captain America three. Um, yep. It's gonna, it's gonna, he's gonna fight uh, Batman and yeah. Superman.
2: I'm a couple episodes behind. I was talking to Rafe, uh, cause he came with us tonight. Uh, I'm a couple episodes behind on shield. Have you been watching it? Or are you I'm three behind?
1: episodes behind.
2: Okay. So you're about the same place I am. Apparently not only is it getting really good, but they are starting to hint at some Captain America stuff. Uh, Sif showed up, and they tied some stuff in with Thor, and um, or maybe maybe there's like the latest
1: episode's pretty good. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's what he was saying. Uh, And apparently, there's some hints at like who the villain in in Thor three is gonna be, and stuff like that. Hmm. So it's been cool. I think that show's finally gonna start delivering on some of the promises that were that I think we expected of like, oh we're cool. gonna really get some event some Marvel stuff out of this. because um, the show's been been really fun. I've really enjoyed yeah. it. Um but they they've spent so much time building their own universe that it feels very separated from yeah. everything else. So it's cool that they're starting to yeah, bring I agree. that stuff in. You know, there's a there's a guy with a metal leg in that show now and yep. a, a movie coming up with a guy with a metal arm. Just mm-hmm. saying, just saying. Um, so unless you have anything else, I think that's news. Uh, that's all I got. I, I, I probably forgot something,
1: but I'm sure we did, but I don't remember anything crazy. Yeah. I'm usually only good on the news when it's, you know, something really major, but right yeah. now I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was really proud of myself though. There was a article on Collider or something like that yeah. where it's, uh, the, a huge, huge Spider-Man spoiler. Oh yeah. And I didn't click on it. Wow. Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. Because, you know, even though I think I know how the story's going to go, I still want to be, you know, somewhat surprised. Yeah. Uh, What's next,
2: sir? Uh, Let's do comics, because actually comics is going to tie in a little bit with news. Cool. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. So I actually want to do this one, like, a week ago because of... uh, I I hijacked you. You you did, but that's okay. Um, Jonathan Ross popped up in the news... um, because he was selected to host the Hugo Awards. Um Jonathan Ross is like a He's like he's he's pretty famous in in England. He's like a talk show host kind of guy. His show is
1: pretty funny in England. Yeah, because yeah, it's really loose. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, there's so many freaking talk shows over there. Yeah. There's a talk show for every person in that
1: country. I think so. I yeah, think
2: so. it's really I mean. weird. Um but whatever, if that's what they like. Um but yeah, his is really funny and I've always yeah. anytime I've seen him like uh talk or i've read things about him i've seen interviews and stuff with him especially tied in with the book i'm about to talk to he's always been really funny and um what happened was they announced he was going to do the hugo awards and there was this huge backlash um from a couple different camps as i understand it um it was all like the so the hugo awards if you don't know are the i would say the most prestigious sci-fi award out there mm-hmm. um you know a lot of the stuff that you know about Ender's Game wins won the Hugo Awards and stuff like that um they're they're pretty cool I like seeing those on the outside of the books and uh he there were there were a bunch of people who were really pissed off about it and I I've I've seen these arguments about him like oh he's gonna you know make fun of fat girls or whatever mm-hmm. and stuff like that and I went trying to find evidence of that mm-hmm. and I couldn't real easily um I'm not really sure like he's he's a guy who's gonna give everybody a hard time mm-hmm. but I've in everything I've seen with him, like I think he's doing it in fun. Yeah. Um and like there was something where like uh he he played sort of a prank on Tom um Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy sort of turned it back on him and like stormed off the stage like he was genuinely mad. Because he, he went and got like a, a tape of him from when he was in high school or something like that and played it on, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um and Tom Hardy later admitted, like, oh yeah no dude, it was part of it was part of the joke. But <laughs> so I think that Jonathan Ross has like you know, grown this sort of view of himself that he's kind of he's kind of a dick to some people mm-hmm. or whatever. Um but he's genuinely really funny. He actually hosted the Eisners not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh he and Neil Gaiman hosted the Eisners and I watched a clip of it and it was great. Um But these, like, people absolutely turned on him. Um, Turned on him to the point where they were, like, sending him horrible hate mail and ended up... You all right? (laughs) Um, Ended up uh, causing him to, like, bow out of hosting. Really? But even worse than that, like, it got so bad that his wife, who actually wrote Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2, the screenplays... Oh, really? um, Yeah. She... Left Twitter entirely because she was getting, like, hate mail and, like, threats and shit like that. It's absolutely uncalled for and ridiculous. I don't understand stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, what's, th- what's the point? Well, and I think part of the argument was, like, what does Jonathan Ross have to do with sci-fi? Well, I'm going to tell you. So, uh, a couple of years ago, he wrote this book called Turf. Okay. Um, which, it's a it's a noir vampire sci-fi book. Okay. Um, it's one of those things that, like, it was, he, he decided he wanted to get into comics and... This is how he did it. Um, and it shows a little bit of the strain, especially when you start reading it. It's very text-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of over-explained some things. But the, the story, I think, is really cool, and the art is gorgeous. Um, admittedly, I read it before I read American Vampire, and I think there's a little bit of a crossover as far as, like, the 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 art styles and some things like that you're you're gonna see some similarities um, but I, I, they came out around the same time so I don't think there's anything nefarious going on or anything like that but um, basically there's two stories going on it's it's set in the, in New York in the in the 20s um, or thereabouts you know flapper dresses and stuff like that uh, and there's this sort of rambunctious young reporter uh, who stumbles onto um, sort of this plot between like a local vampire clan and the local mob. Um, and they end up fighting over cause at the same time a, uh, <laughs> this is going to start sounding crazy, but, uh, a spaceship crashes, uh, and there's this alien and he's got a little bit of technology and he's running around. He's a big, big buff alien who can beat the shit out of anybody. Of course. Um, yeah, but you know, seems kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like seems like not a bad guy. He just is on the wrong planet. Um, so you're kind of hoping that he survives, but everybody wants some of the technology that he has, and um, and you're just sort of seeing this clash between these three parties that's there, struggling to get through this thing. And it it's a really neat, fun story that I really enjoyed. Um, I think it's only it's five or six issues. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit tough to find because it wasn't a huge print run. Um, I've seen the the trades of this, so I'm sure that if you go to Colorado Coins Cars of Comics. They can probably get you the trade. Uh, well, they can definitely order you the trade, and they might have the issues there as well. Uh, in either case, uh, like it's not a thing that a lot of people are hunting, so if they had leftovers, they probably still have leftovers. Um, so go check it out. It's a really neat read, um, especially as you read forward. Uh, I saw an interview with him after the first issue, and he even said, like, yeah, there's there's too much text in that first issue, so I'm going to pare that back down. And you can you can see him figuring out how to write for comics mm-hmm. in those first few issues. It's really cool. Um and it's it's one of those things that you forgive cuz he's got such a, a neat story to tell you yeah. along the way. So, um just, you know, if you think for any reason that Jonathan Ross doesn't have any some interest or investment or in or yeah, in comics or sci-fi, like you're totally fucking it wrong and you should just go read this book cuz it's really cool. Um so yeah turf by Jonathan Ross T U R F
1: cuz there's another way to spell turf
2: I don't know I might have like a I might have some kind of speech impediment <laughs> people are going to go in there and All be right. like ugh.
1: That's like when people when I call them poof and I say my name's Ryan Frost and they say spell Frost <laughs> Yeah there's that great joke too in Bates Hotel where uh, motel where Norma says Bates B A T E S and she's yelling <laughs> at the the operator it's great Yeah, Yeah yeah Cool, <laughs> cool. What what's next on the agenda, sir?
2: Uh, I think we just got some uh, Blu-rays left.
1: Yeah, and the stuff we've been watching. So, oh well, yeah, the two, but but do you want to do Blu-rays? Uh, yeah, let's go do Blu-rays. Cool. DVD releases and Blu-rays.
2: Um. So the big one this week is Frozen.
1: I've pre-ordered it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. It's funny. My uh my CEO's daughter has seen that movie like 14 times now. Um wow. Yeah. She she got pretty obsessed with it, my as a niece, lot of kids did.
1: My niece, uh, I have the soundtrack, and my little niece, Kendall, mm-hmm. she found out that I had it. And so I burned it on my iPod, so I gave her the CD. Yeah. Um, And she was so excited. And mm. she, we, me and my brothers were, were watching the Broncos, I think it was the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And she just sat there, and she held that CD. And I went, Now I, I said, Kendall, do you want to listen to the music now? And she said, oh, Uncle Ry Ray, do you have it? I said, yeah, let me go get my iPod, and for three hours, no joke, she had the little earbuds in her ear, and she was singing along, and she kept on going back to her favorite songs. It's really cute. Aw. Um, so, yeah. That's cool.
2: That was really cool. Uh, Saving Mr. Banks, hey. which was your favorite movie of the year. My second favorite it movie was. of the year.
1: I have already pre-ordered that one as well.
2: Uh, yeah, I haven't, but I've got it open right here. I'm going to do that, because I didn't realize <laughs> Honestly,
1: I didn't realize it was going to come You'd, up that quick. I'll tell you a funny story about this week. So there's a huge Rod Stewart live set coming out. There's that. Yeah. I got Frozen. Um, I got a couple other things. I don't remember why it all fell on this week, but I have like $120 in pre-orders coming. Holy shit. Yeah.
2: Oh, um, Infamous is this week as well on on next Friday. So if you, I don't know if you ordered that. Or oh, no, because uh, you haven't got a PlayStation no. yet. Oh, fuck. I know. Man.
1: I did fill out my tax return, though, so I'm definitely going to be getting a PlayStation oh, very right? soon. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Uh, me and Laura couldn't decide what we were going to do with our tax return, and uh, she had the idea. She says, well, when it comes in, we'll just split it in half, and you can do whatever you want with it. Nice. Yeah. but I got to do mine. I have no idea what mine's going to be. But we bought a house, so I might not be getting it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will see. It's not a horrible
2: investment. Yeah, we'll see. Probably a good idea. Um, American Hustle comes out this week, and- Hey, we that's a great movie. Uh, great is a very strong term. <laughs> Um it's a, it's a whatever. Uh there's something called the Dukes of September Live. It must be like stand up or something. No, it's it Michael
1: was, McDonald, dude. Is that w- That's uh who, who? he sings uh <sighs> I have no idea who Michael McDonald is. Well I can tell you part? he sings in the eyes of a child on the South Park soundtrack. Oh really? Um he's also um he's a joke, and remember the Forty Year Old Virgin where Paul Rudd says to Jane Lynch, she says, if I have to hear Michael McDonald's Yotama be there one more time, I'm going to Yotama burn this fucking place to the ground. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's I right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just thought I mean, I, it
2: was pretty high up on the list, so I figured he, I, we he, have to talk about it. I just don't know what it he is.
1: It does have really popular songs. I just can't. I'm drawing a blank. Weird. But, um, yeah. yeah, you know. Uh,
2: Kill Your Darlings, which was a movie from last year where uh, with uh, Radcliffe and um, Dane DeHane. I heard the, it was
1: pretty interesting
2: playing uh
1: who's that kissinger is
2: yeah, 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 yeah 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 um that's who it was um so yeah that might be worth checking out um there's also a screen factory release this week nice the slumber party massacre this cover's pretty badass
1: yeah it's original it's uh ridiculous. poster for it like it uh
2: yeah there's, there's boobs and a drill and
1: yeah it, one of the reasons why it's really popular is is isn't a slasher craze um, I've seen it. I don't remember too much of it, but I know obviously the Driller Killer. And it's also yes. yeah, it's also <laughs> the known killer. for its short runtime of, I think, 79 minutes. Wow. So it's really to the point of yeah. nudity and death. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Scream Factory always does such a great job with their <laughs> Blu-rays.
2: I love the tagline. This is like the most pointless, straightforward tagline. Close your eyes for a second. And sleep forever.
1: Ooh. Ugh. Right around cleavage. That's great.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, And uh, Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom, which is the uh, Idris Elba-Mandela movie from last year.
1: I, w- I would see it if you two didn't do the theme song for it. Did they really? Yeah, and it was oh. nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah.
2: Um, I still really want to see it, because that was actually one of my favorite trailers of last year, um, was the, the original Long Walk to Freedom trailer. Yeah. Um, And then the very last thing is Cybergeddon, from the creator of CSI. There is no escape. Now it's it doesn't say escape. It just E S C like the escape button. So it's really just isk.
1: Yeah. Well, but it's
2: the it's the escape button. Oh right, bro. There is no escape button from computer language. Cybergeddon. It's just a woman with a gun and boobs. Nice. Like, and oh, and the Matrix in the background. Maybe she's in the Matrix.
1: <laughs> it is the Matrix. The oh, background. man. Yeah. Uh, I just read an article that Keanu Reeves made something like $200 million from the Matrix movies. Yeah. And he gave 10% yeah, of it to the crew.
2: Yeah, because he had, he had points in that movie. Yep. Um, because they weren't going to pay him anything, and then it made all the money.
1: And he said, hey, you want to give me some points? Whoa. Yep. And that's what he said when he got his first paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh,
2: anyway, where we go next?
1: Uh, it's stuff we've been watching. Cool.
0: So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching.
1: My wife is wearing Gremlins uh, pajama pants with Gizmo on it. You know, they didn't make any with stripe, and that's really disappointing. Hey, wait, Laura, stand and look that way. Yeah, she has a little baby bump. You're adorable. Yeah, she's really happy about it too.
2: No, Are you don't.
1: No. You're glowing, honey.
2: Oh, Laura. Who gives a shit what other people think you look like?
1: We know anyway, you're we know where you're beautiful. I think it's cool. Uh, would you watch this week, James? You're kind of a badass.
2: Um not you, your wife. <laughs> uh just a couple things. <laughs> Thank uh, you for clearing that up. <laughs> um, real quick, I want to touch on Hannibal's comeback and the first two episodes. right? Mm-hmm. Actually, three, but I haven't seen this week yet. Uh, and it's it's cool. I
1: I'm, uh, I'm hope so the first really one's pretty mind bendy.
2: Yeah, it, and fucked it. The 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 murder one in that one, like there's the the things they see. You know how they like mm-hmm. uh, the the things they show you the little detail shots yeah. as like. In, okay, I'll just I'll just jump to the chase. There's like some people and they're kind of glued together, mm-hmm. and one of the people wakes up and pulls himself away from the other people, mm-hmm. and it's fucking hard to watch. So like it's it's a because lo- they they do those like quick shots of mm-hmm. like the skin pulling away, and sh- oh, it, it was yeah. Ugh.
1: Uh, we re- reading some reviews of it because I'll just wait till you get on Blu-ray. I'll watch it at the end of the season. Yeah. Um they are you buying that? Uh, Hannibal is now like the Will character where he helps on m- solving murders and stuff I heard I've thought, read a couple of reviews where they don't like that angle that they're playing
2: I I think that um, I really like that story I think it's a little bit obvious mm-hmm. for what that show usually is um, the fact that they sort of flip that yeah. um, but at the same time I think what their their character motivations and what it means to those characters is really neat but so so, I'm willing to forgive the fact that the the idea for for the plot is is kind of simple because I like what it means for the characters. So. I
1: don't know what the spoiler is, but I know it's like a flash forward of something. Yep. So um, so I'm I'm guessing maybe that they have a feeling that the show isn't going to be like a eight nine year show. It's going to have a cap to it.
2: So um, okay, the flash forward at the beginning of the season does tell you that there that something monumental is probably going to change by the end of the first of this season mm-hmm. but if you watch the the blu-ray for the first season um, the uh, oh my gosh the oh shit I can't f- believe I can't remember his name um, the creator of the show who made Dead Like Me and Pushing Daisies uh, that one guy anyway oh man I feel shitty for not remembering Tim that. Tim Kring but, um, nope not, nope not him Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he says that in in their timeline Red Dragon would be like season 4. Mm. So what that means is cuz by Red Dragon he's already Hannibal is in jail by Red Dragon. Yeah. So that means that some things have to change pretty drastically yeah. in the, in the next two seasons in order for season 4 to be where Red Dragon would pick up. Um so I don't think that it means that they have an end on the show. Because theoretically, they could go all the way into Hannibal, like the movie Hannibal. for sure. Um, I don't don't know that I want them to do that. Because once they start... It's going to be really interesting when they start retreading ground we've seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, Because right now, they can do whatever they want. Um, But I...
1: But it could work like The Walking Dead. I mean, you yeah. can take what people know and just make it a little different.
2: Oh yeah, because already like those characters are just so drastically different than what we've seen in the films. Yeah. That yeah, it it would be a very different take still, on that I stuff. I still
1: think Mads Mikkelsen's a better Hannibal Lecter. I do too. Um, yes, I think it, he's a it, much do, more. Do, do people stop listening to my show now? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think he's a much more subtle
2: Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I and I don't. I, think I don't he's think scarier. That, I think he's scarier because yeah. Of it. But I, I also don't know that subtlety serves the films very well. Mm. So if you had if you had I a guess. subtle. Hannibal I don't think that it would be as I guess he has
1: the uh, ability to let the character breathe
2: right yeah yeah he can do be, well, and especially right now because the Hannibal that we have in the show now is one that's still in hiding mm-hmm. and the Hannibal that you have by the time you get to Red Dragon and the movies and stuff is one that's not hiding anymore mm-hmm. and that it'll be interesting to see how Mads Mikkelsen changes his character when that character doesn't have to hide who he is Gotcha. Um, that'll be really cool I think um, and so just just to shed some light on it like that's why I like where they are now because we're really getting to see you know this it's this friendship between uh, Hannibal and uh, um, and will Graham that I like so much. And so in my mind and the way I read the show is that Hannibal has taken over Will Graham's shoes as mm-hmm. as that detective because he wish because he misses that friendship. Mm. um and he he sort of wants to understand will more gotcha. um which is it's the reason he did everything he did in the first season yeah. like he he wants to understand will graham more um so that that's sort of why i, I forgive it for that mm. that sort of obvious thing gotcha. um the the flash forward is <laughs> is pretty cool though um yeah just the way it's shot is is awesome sweet um and then the so the other thing i watched this week uh was i crossed off of my list of shame um one of the uh, there there are a couple of um, Hitchcock films on my list, mm-hmm. though very few of them are like what I would consider. You know, I've seen Psycho, sure. I've seen Rear Window, I've seen you know the bi- a lot, all the big ones. Um, but I had never seen Rebecca, hmm. and so I went and checked it out. I didn't get the Criterion edition because it's incredibly difficult to find, mm. um, but I still got a Blu-ray of it, and it it looks really good. Um, Rebecca's It's one of his
1: earlier ones. Yeah,
2: I think it's his first. Oh, you're I right. Believe. It is his first. Yeah. You are correct. Um and it's also probably one of my favorites. Really? Yep. Uh it's <laughs> I I really love this movie. It's
1: a movie I need to see again. I saw it a long time ago and I you know, now that I see so many movies, I think I'd appreciate it more now.
2: Yeah, you should check it out. I it's one of my favorite mysteries that I've seen. Um just a really great thriller. Basically, it tells the story of this uh um, this woman, who she starts off, she's the the quote companion, sort of like an assistant for this very wealthy woman who's traveling through Spain. Um, and this wealthy woman runs into this guy named uh, Mister De Winter, and he's a widower. And she's she's very into him because she, like the the wealthy lady's just bored mm-hmm. in Spain, and you know just wants to hang out with this guy. But the assistant ends up sort of catching his eye, and they start quote going to tennis. <laughs> Which really just means that they, like, take nice drives into the little, into the country and start dating and stuff. Um, excuse me. And uh, they end up falling in love. And we we find out that he's a widower and his wife like drowned in this boat accident at his house because he has this like huge house that is well known in his na- in his uh, like community um, and even like outside of his, uh, of the country. Um, and so they. Go back and, and and they get married and and they move into the back into this house, um, and there's all this stuff around the house that has his first wife Rebecca's like initials on it, um, and there's just this sort of shadow of Rebecca in everything around the house, and and there's like sections of the house that she's not allowed to go into, not because he tells her to, just because she she knows that this like that's not where she's supposed <laughs> to go. I'm trying
1: to remember the movie as you're explaining it.
2: Yeah, well I'm I'm starting to get into the parts of the mystery that I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. because I really do love where this movie goes. Um it's uh it's one of those where I think you start to expect some of the twists and then the one, the, the twists you expect end up not turning out the way you want you you think they're going to or if they do it twists again. Um, it's a really really smart mystery it's one where um, people can a lot of times when when there's a character who you like and then you find out that they're hiding something it's really hard to then redeem that character after you find out what they're hiding and this movie sort of does that in a really cool way Um, so you find out some of the dirt of what's really going on with this house and with the people who work there and with Mr. DeWinter. Um, and as you do your, your, your sort of take on those characters changes pretty drastically. Um, honestly, I think that Rebecca is one of my favorite villains in a, certainly in a Hitchcock movie. I think he does it better there and, and she is more, um, as, as a dead person, cause I, I, I'm not spoiling anything to say she's not secretly alive. <laughs> she is dead. Um, but sort of the shadow she places over everything and the way that she is able to mess with this young woman and try to destroy her life. Even in death. Um, he does, he does that villain better than he does maybe any other villain in his movies. Um, I would even argue that like as crazy as Norman Bates is or somebody like that, like, Rebecca's really fucking chilling and scary and cool. Um, so people should go see that movie. Like it, I, I, or not go see it. You should, you should buy that movie or rent it or check it out. It Maybe on Netflix or something. I don't know. Go find it. Because um, this is one of, easily one of my favorite, list of shame movies that I've crossed off so far. Oh cool. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. I'm so glad I have the Blu-ray. Wish I had the Criterion, honestly. So, um, yeah, I should bring it. You should watch it again. Cool.
1: I will. Again, yeah, It's one of those movies I think I'd appreciate more now. I remember liking it, but I but I think I'll I'd like it more now.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Is that it? Yep, that's it. Uh so I actually had a, a Shame one too. Um and as a Criterion Ooh. edition. Um you know me, I'm a big horror movie fan. Yeah. And they released a horror movie that is uh I read reviews of, and I'll tell you the name of the movie in a second. Yeah. Of being one of the first haunted house movies to take the haunted house seriously. Um, it's from 1944. It's a cal- movie called The Uninvited. Oh, yeah. Um, and I forget the guy who stars in it, but he's in Dial M for Murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's him and his sister. He plays uh, a composer. And they're out on vacation, and they notice this really nice house. Um, and, you know, they go inside, and it's beautiful. And then they go up into this... Um, studio on the top, and they find out that it's it's like really cold in there, and there's something wrong with this room. Um, and but uh, the the sister's really in love with it, so the brother and sister go into town and they meet this guy, and they decide they're gonna buy this house. And the the man who owns it sells it to them very cheap, uh, twelve hundred pounds is what they bought it for, like a mansion. Yeah. Um. And it, and then the I can't remember their names. I'm horrible, but Lee guy. Actually starts dating the granddaughter, and you you find out that uh, her mother, um, died. She fell off the edge of the cliff at this house, and um, and their first night there, the guy's just he's going he's you know working on his piano stuff, and he goes he's about to go to bed, and you hear, like crying in the background, like this sobbing, and it's this really eerie like sobbing, not explained. Don't know what's happening. Um, and so, you know, he's trying to figure out what happened in this house. And as they go through, he's courting this uh, this granddaughter. And it's actually kind of a fun, cute little romantic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it goes into this really, like, murder mystery. And I'm not going to spoil this movie for you either because it, it, the way it unfolds is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes into this murder mystery about the father having an affair with the housekeeper and the mother finding out and how they unravel this mystery about what really happened to everybody is really really unique and it's also I there's a I was reading th- it comes with like this little book that comes with the Criterion Edition mm-hmm. yeah and it's the it's not maybe not the first movie that does it but it's the first movie that treats a seance as a, a, a legitimate thing yeah and it's actually a pretty creepy little scene um, because where you think... It's just like how you just explained Rebecca. Where you think it's going to go, it starts veering off, and it goes into a dark area. Where, I mean, I I guessed the uh, one of the twists in it, but I didn't guess how it got there. And it, it, the performances are really good. It's shot really well. It's a beautiful movie from 1944. It's And the music is really good in it. Um, in fact, I think the theme is one of my favorite horror themes. Ooh. Because uh, it's my... My favorite scene in the movie is ones where people sometimes like scenes in movies people maybe would forget. Um, In this movie, the granddaughter is over at the composer's house, you know, her her old house, and he's saying, "Oh, I I wrote a song for you," and he starts playing it, and they're up in the studio, and as the song goes on, it starts kind of like bubbly, and then it goes like really dark and menacing, and and as he starts playing it, she starts shivering. She's like, "Oh." Why did why'd you, why'd you change the tempo? He said, I don't know. I just felt like I should play it like that. And it's really kind of creepy and eerie. Um, so, yeah, but if you like new horror movies, you're probably not going to like this one. Um, me, as a horror movie fan, I really appreciate it. I really loved what they did with this movie. It was really beautiful. Um, and, it, and, yeah, so it's The Uninvited. And oh, that's you can, cool. And you get it on Criterion. And the, the cover is Freaky, it's really cool. It's like yeah. this girl like bent backwards, and it's really cool. Didn't um, they they remade that a while back? Didn't they, they did they, a few years ago? And I don't know if it follows the same story. I never saw it, oh, so no. um, but yeah, uh, it's called the Uninvited, the Criterion version. Yeah, not the two thousand seven or whatever. <laughs> um, right. I also took a chance on a movie. Um, I usually don't do this, um, but it's called Hell Baby. And it, oh yeah, yeah. And it stars Rob Corddry, and it's directed by Thomas Lennon, who is um, Officer uh, Jangles on uh, Reno Nine One One, and it's written by Reno Nine One One guys, yeah,
2: who also wrote like Night of the Museum and Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, and I have a love hate with this movie yeah. because it's a spoof on demonic possession movies, right? That works really well sometimes. And then other times it the just, spoof
2: works really well. Sometimes, yes, not not that the demonic possession, like it's not it's not like a Shaun of the Dead. It's it's that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it is it is straight up a spoof, and sometimes yeah. the spoofiness exactly, works. Exactly because okay, just there's sure. this
1: there's this really funny scene. It's uh, Rob Cordry's wife is pregnant. They move into this shitty house in New Orleans, and uh, the guy who's from uh, Key and Peel, Pell, uh, uh, Pell, I forget his name, yeah. Keegan something. Um, he likes this black guy. He's always showing up in their house randomly and it's always funny. So that's like the jump scare is he's just randomly in the house. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where, uh, Leslie Bibb is his Rob Cordry's wife and he's like, she's in the shower and he's brushing his teeth and he bends down and then there's like this crazy, like haunted thing behind him. It's really funny. Um, and then the movie kind of loses its way, um, about halfway through, but then it really gets ramped up at the end. Um, and it gets bloody and gory. It reminded me a lot of Bad Milo, yeah. where the only reason I think this movie is actually better than Bad Milo is it actually embraces the zaniness. Um, they literally fight a demonic baby at the end um, and punch it. And Awesome. Uh, yeah, there's this... Oh, man, what's the... There's this one funny line. Um, Thomas Lennon and another guy from, you know, 901 play these Italian priests that are sent there to stop this demonic baby from being born. And the baby's born, and uh <laughs> the cop- a cop pulls out a gun. I don't know is it the two cops i can I can't really, really can't remember this. I don't know who's shooting it, but the one guy says he's holding the baby and they're gonna shoot the baby, and he throws the baby in there. he's like, "I trust you, and he throws the baby in the air, then the dude shoots him in the head <laughs> <laughs> It's just like stupid shit like that it and' it, cause the end is so zany, yeah that it kind of redeems it cool. Um but yeah, uh, I took a chance on it. It was like oh, 10 bucks, whatever. Um, there's worse things to spend money on. Yep. Um, I Drugs. <laughs> Drugs. Uh, what else did yeah. I watch this week? I'm missing a movie. Oh, uh, I saw Homefront. Homefront finally oh! came to my house. Um, <coughs> oh, I got so excited. It's uh my Jason Statham movie of the week. <laughs> I got to get back on my seeing three Statham movies a week. Yeah. I think I only have like six more, though. Yeah, you're getting close. Um, But in it, Jason Statham plays an ex-DEA agent, um, who goes undercover. Of course he of does. course he does. Who goes undercover and his last mission, of course, goes wrong. Right. And so he retires and his wife dies, so he retires. To Of course she does. Of course she does. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they never explain why or anything. He just, he decides to retire in New Orleans with his daughter and um, he promised his wife that he'd buy his daughter a pony and a horse and so, <laughs> so he's just, you know, retired and, um, but the movie actually is kind of cool. I actually really kind of enjoyed the movie. Um, the action is intense. Um, it's great. James Franco plays a meth dealer named Gator. Yeah. And he's actually really good in it. Cool. Um, that, was the, that was the reason I wanted to see it. And you should see it for him. Um, cool. Because one of the things that I really actually really liked about this movie is uh, Kate Bosworth plays like this junkie and it doesn't even look like her. Really? Yeah. And Winona Ryder's in it, by the way. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so anyways... What happens? It, it's it's what I really like about it is it the after the initial pro uh, prologue where it sets up Statham's character. Um, there is a scene with his daughter, and she picks a fight with this boy at school. And this boy is Kate Bosworth's son. Kate Bosworth's brother is James Franco, uh-huh. and so she wants him to scare Jason Statham, not knowing that Jason Statham is, you know, a badass X D A agent, yeah. but with through, a trucker hat. Through this connection, it turns out that then James Franco doesn't want to be just a small-time meth dealer; he wants to be a big-time meth dealer, and so he makes a deal with the motorcycle gang that Jason Statham was, of under, course, he yeah, does undercover with. And then they have this huge shootout, and it's really violent and cool. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. Where
2: and where are all these motorcycle gangs, dude? New Orleans, bro.
1: <laughs> I was actually surprised how much I liked Homefront. Um, cool just because it's you know it's it's like that lost 80s kind of action movie that yeah. was um, even even when it
2: came in theaters there was there was, like I there were a couple times I almost went and saw it because I thought it had some promise especially because of James Franco yeah because um, it it looked like it was a chance for him to do his his alien character from spring breakers in a movie that wasn't complete horseshit
1: yeah and you know he's actually kind of scary in it I mean he's yeah. you don't know what he is and he's you know he's supplying drugs to the community and so he's kind of a wild card. Uh, and you know I forgot one just really quick. Um, my Scream Factory uh, Blu-ray of the week is I got Prince of Darkness which is a John Carpenter movie Ooh. from the late 80s um, that deals with um, religion and what evil is um, and it, in it, it they find out that evil is a scientific alt- alternate dimension um, and it's actually kind of an uneasy movie um, it's better than I thought it would be. It takes a long time to get going because what uh, K- Carpenter does really well is the unknown. And I think when he does movies like that, whether it's The Thing, um, They Live, I think his movies really excel at that. Because yeah. you're, And this movie, you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. I don't think there's going to be any in between because it doesn't... It takes a long time to get going. And you have to kind of stick with it because it doesn't explain a lot you know, it's just, hey, this, these people are being possessed or being drawn to this demonic presence in this church with Donald Pleasence as a uh, priest who's, who's right. really good in it. Yeah. Um, there's this one scene where he's reciting a passage from the Bible and he's crying while he's doing it because, like, the demons are around. It's really good. Um, but it, it's an interesting movie. Um, you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. There's really no in-between with this one. Huh. I enjoyed it. I like the different take on it. Um, the ending is really ambiguous. Um, so yeah, if you and Scream Factory again, like this bonus features are really great. The interview, you no know, carpenter, Alice Cooper's in it. Um, the special effects guys, the making of it, B-roll footage. Um, Scream Factory makes great Blu-rays. So yeah, if you're looking for an offbeat horror movie, you know, try Prince of Darkness. Cool. Um, cool. So we finally got to... The movie of the week, um, and I i was really excited to see this movie. Uh, the movie me and James saw this week was Veronica Mars. Yeah. Um, James, should people go see Veronica Mars? So this is a weird one. So the way I'm going to say this is, if you're a fan of
2: the show, you absolutely need to see this movie. If you hated the show, you probably shouldn't see this movie. And if you've never seen the show, uh, you can you can go see this movie, but you should probably watch the show first. Is that good? Cool.
1: I really enjoyed the movie, it, being a huge fan of the show. Um, and, you know, Veronica Mars was one of the shows I stumbled on because Joss Whedon told me it was good. Oh, yeah. Not me personally, but through an article I read.
2: Oh, no, he he sent you a letter in the mail.
1: He did call me. And I I watched it at the first two seasons were already on DVD. Yeah. And I think the third season was about to end. So I only caught it on DVD. Um, and I love the show. Um, I really loved this movie. Um and what was uh, before we play the trailer? What I really enjoyed about the movie is there was hardcore Veronica Mars fans in our in our theater. Yeah, there were there were like there were some moments in that movie. We'll talk about it after the trailer. Um, here's a trailer for Veronica Mars. You were issued a private investigator's license for your 18th birthday. What do you think that says about a person?
3: Compulsive, addictive personality, but that's not me anymore. My daughter, the big shot New York lawyer. You're
1: destined for greatness. I've oversold you. My parents don't think that I could have landed a creature such as the one that I've described. Local authorities
2: have ruled the death a homicide and are focusing their investigation on her boyfriend, Logan Eccles. I need your help, Veronica.
3: I don't really do that anymore.
2: What's this? I specifically told the agency and eager
0: to please brunette. Dick. Hey, Logan, that girl who follows you around is here.
2: Nine years of radio silence, and yet, I still kind of knew I could count on
1: you. We are going to the reunion.
3: I'm shocked you even came to this. I knew you'd be here. You've been sitting there since graduation, haven't you?
2: Veronica Mars.
0: Look who it is. Most likely to blog and class buzzkill. You are just who I was looking for, most likely to know where I can find the bar. (sighs) Gross. That
1: no. Veronica,
3: this is the whole case file. How'd you get this? I'm sure you know breaking and entering is a felony. Come on. I knew the felonies before I knew the state capitals. So are you gonna ask if I did it? I wouldn't be here if I thought you did. America thinks he's guilty. And that's good enough for me. I know Logan has his qualities, but there's a darkness to that kid. There's just so much going on here right now. I just couldn't leave. Sure you could. Wait. Don't go. Don't put your hand on to something dad it's big just the tip of the iceberg everyone is on the take veronica whatever you're doing please be careful
1: come on what are you gonna do?
3: just stand gun on me don't you think that's gotten a bit old original enough for you
1: yeah there was uh, ladies in our theater that were gasping at moments in the movie. Oh
2: yeah. One lady was like 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 someone had killed a child on screen at one moment like There was a character who <laughs> was crazy.
1: Here's the thing that's gonna be hard about reviewing this movie. Is I like, don't want to spoil the mystery for you, because we've been yeah. talking about there's not a lot of mysteries in movies anymore.
2: And and I, I think that they do it's it is not the best mystery that Veronica Mars does, but Veronica Mars has done some of my favorite mysteries. At least in modern Mm meet entertainment um so it's a little bit unfair but i I think they do a really good job with this one so yeah i I, I don't want to spoil who the murderer is even though i think it's a pretty interesting it is it's really
1: interesting um we we won't spoil it by saying veronica's drawn back to neptune after she's about to become a lawyer with jamie lee curtis making an appearance yeah just Uh, hanging out yeah A whole lot of cameos in this movie. Yeah, so she's going to be a lawyer, but before she does, her ex-boyfriend Logan is accused of murdering his pop star girlfriend. So she goes back to Neptune, and before she knows it, she's kind of drawn back into the world of uh, private investigating. Mm -hmm. And I loved the callbacks to the show where technology has passed by since the show debuted. Yeah. But they're still using the old things for Veronica to get out of situations. Yeah. Um, One of my biggest fears with these kind of movies is it's been so long, I think like seven years since the show ended. Yeah. seven, Something something like that. Um, So it's been that long since the show ended. I'm worried about if the characters, you know, rediscover who the characters are. I will say Kristen Bell immediately is Veronica Mars. Yeah. And my favorite secondary character, even in the show is Dick. Hell yeah, Dick. And here is a great clip from Veronica Mars where Veronica shows up at Logan's house and Dick answers the door and uh, it's, a, it's a clever little exchange between the two. What's
2: this? Wait a minute. No, I specifically told the agency an eager-to-please brunette. Well, why is that
3: so hard? Dick.
2: Nah, just kidding, Ronnie. Long time. Hey, Logan! That girl who follows you around is here! Hey, you get some work done? Your boobs look bigger.
3: So do yours. Where's Logan?
2: Inside. Come on, freaking out? Another video from the Logan Eccles Bonnie DeVille home collection. Just hit the internet. Missionary, Match.
0: <laughs> Must be nice, Dick.
2: Be it ever so humble. God, how did they get this?
0: Hey, is anybody else surprised that I'm the only one in this room who does not have a sex tape? It could be anybody. No,
2: it's us. You see us when we enter the room. Yeah, worst cameraman ever.
0: Dumb question, but I have to ask:
3: Did you know you were being filmed?
2: Oh, that's right. We were shooting some of our usual leg erotica. Oh, that's gonna be our first lawyer. I love dick. I know you do. I just, I'm just, I uh, unabashedly, my so so. My folks are watching through the show right now, mm-hmm. and we're not quite at the point where there's a lot of dick in the show. Yeah, and I I lament it every week. Yeah. Like it, I, every every now and then, there's a little bit, a little bit of dick in the background, and I'm just like, oh man. What's great? I about, want dick all over this show.
1: What's great about the character is he's one of the guys where you think he could be the bad guy, but then you always he's just find too dumb. out he's, he's too just dumb, too dumb, and he's too much of the I'm um, the good, fun, loving guy. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, it's really great. Um, yeah. Ryan, I forget his last name plays him. He's really good. Oh yeah. Um, there is uh, a surprise cameo by James Franco in this movie. <laughs> um, that's all, that's really funny. And it's really funny too because uh, even Veronica has this voiceover like the TV show where she's explaining that there's six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but if you're under thirty in Hollywood, it's two degrees separation from James Franco. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> which which feels very true. And my actually, I what I thought was one of the funniest moments in the movie, and I'm pretty sure I might have been the only one laughing in the movie theater. Is James Franco. I won't tell you. Oh man, this is tough. So, James Franco has an assistant, and they're trying to set up a way to get footage. A sting. Of, they're a trying s- to set, set up, up a, sting. a sting. There we go. Sh- set up a sting. And so, James Franco thinks he should go as drag as his assistant. <laughs> yeah, Be- yeah. And then there's his assistant does this sting. And James Franco is in the background, and he rolls his eyes knowing he could play the part better. <laughs> it's one of the most subtle jokes, and it's amazing, yeah. too, because everybody knows that James Franco is in everything. So yeah. uh, it's, he's in Homefront. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, and I love the little callbacks to the show. Um, the sense of humor is right there. Yeah, you um, know. And I'll say that, like,
2: there, there, every now and then there was a joke that I was like, ah, that, that fell a little bit flat. Mm-hmm. But overall, still a whole lot of fun. I mean, it... It is amazing to me how much this movie feels like um, for good and for bad because it's, it's only a two million dollar movie. Mm-hmm. Like, th- they made this on the cheap. Um, so for good and for bad, this movie feels exactly like another episode of the movie. Yeah um, it's, a, it's more condensed like the I think the part of why the mystery is not as good to me as the mystery as the season long mysteries mm-hmm. in the show is because it's only an hour and a yeah. half, two hours long. Um, but it's still a really decent and interesting one. Um, with a lot of cool twists and turns along the way, so um, yeah, I was very pleasantly
1: yeah I not know, even surprised. I was just happy the, the audience was killing me. The when the one character gets shot and that yeah. one there's that one lady who audibly was distressed. Yes, she says no, yeah. no, oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, it, it was it was really cool to see that. I, you know, because I here's the thing is I usually only get those when I'm at superhero movies or right. Um, or hobbits, or stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's really cool to see that there's fanboys and girls for this type oh, to of To be movie. completely honest,
2: mostly women. Yeah. Uh, in oh, yeah, one.
1: me and you are probably definitely in the minority. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: There's a There's a pretty lopsided ratio in, <laughs> the, in the marshmallow camp. Um, but I don't
1: care. I'm proud to be one. You know, it's one of those things, too, with, like, Buffy and stuff. I don't care. People yeah. can judge me however they want. I love the shows. Yeah. Um,
2: uh, what's really interesting is... Um, Unlike a movie like Serenity that I feel like works really well, even though it kills characters and things like that, I think it works really well as an entry into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, and maybe it's because because it was crowdfunded, um, they sort of took this stance of like, look, we're going to make this what the fans want and not yeah. necessarily go check boxes of what this movie should be to be a Hollywood movie or, or what this movie should be to try and promote a sequel and things like that. It was just like, look... They paid for this, so let's go make something fun that they're going to really I think love. They, I think they did it the right um, way. Yeah, because th- B- because I, it it not only is very much in line with the show, but there are so many references. Like it's it's celebrating that show at the same time mm-hmm. that it is being an entry into it. Um, yep. So like, there's re- man, there's a there's a scene where um, she goes and meets that old cop friend of hers. Mm-hmm. Not a spoiler, but. Um, and they're having they're having the back and forth about the pizza, referencing the first time that they met mm-hmm. in the show, um, and that's not the crazy reference. The crazy reference is when he says, "I thought I heard you turned into an FBI agent," and she says, "That sounds like that. You know, that must be from some other world." Yeah, and it's a reference to an unaired. Art, like fake little pilot that they made to try and get season four to happen that mm-hmm. never aired, and then they clearly scrapped that idea before making this movie. Yeah, like it's this reference to this thing that only fans know about yeah. that's thrown in there as this little joke. Like it's um. It feels like constantly the actors and the writers and everything are sitting in the audience with you, and every now and then they'll do something like a nudge you with your elbow and be like, "Get
3: it!" And <laughs> yeah, you're like, totally. "Yeah, I get it. It's totally
2: like that. Yeah, no, I get it. It's funny. Oh man, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's, it was just really fun, and yeah. seeing her and her Veronica and her dad like oh, on yeah. screen and being adorable together. Ah, oh, man, he's like he's easily one of my top five dads on television. Yeah, he's a great. You know, character. it's like Dan from Roseanne and then mm-hmm. he's probably right in there somewhere. <laughs> um, Ugh. Yeah, this was...
1: It was a fun movie. Yeah. And I, I'm glad... It, it was interesting because the whole time like, I, I'm like, I'm going to go see a Veronica Mars movie today. It's, yeah. It's an unusual it was feeling.
2: Oh, shoot. And I sh- I should have said this up front. Um, So my parents are watching through the show now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go tell them that they can't watch this movie yet. Mm. Um, because the unfortunate thing is... Like, so, Rafe went and saw it with us, and he'd never watched the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's interested, he can go watch the show. And by the time the mysteries start to unfold, he's not going to remember the, the tiny little things yeah. that they do in the movie that rem- that tell you, the, that solve some of the mysteries from the show. Um, but my parents, where they are in the show, it would ruin the first season mm. for them. Um, and it probably would ruin the third season for them. Mm. Um, so it's it's too bad sort of that you know but it's a, probably a small segment yeah. of people who are in the middle of watching the show mm-hmm. if you'd never watched it it wouldn't spoil it for you but if you've seen it you're you're fine so um, yeah it was cool cool man can't believe we got to see that totally yeah and it was <laughs> every now and then there'd be a shot where I was like I can tell Kristen Bell's pregnant
1: Oh, was she pregnant during the shooting of it?
2: She has to have been. Every now, she was in like different loose clothing Mm -hmm. in different. My wife said the same thing too. Uh
1: I can't remember if she just had her baby or she was about to have her baby. I'm
2: not sure either, but um, yeah, there there were definitely shots that were like, okay, they're they're either hiding some of her weight because she just had the baby, but I I think she was pregnant. I think that it was shot early in her pregnancy.
1: Um, She's still beautiful. Yeah. I still love her.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw two movies. And I promise you at the top of the show, here reviewing the Grand Budapest Hotel, our two special guests, the lovely Zach Eastman. Say hi, buddy. Hey, everybody.
0: How you doing? Hey,
1: where'd you come from? You've been here the whole time and we just saved you to the end of the show.
0: Oh, yeah. You Did know, I've I just... You know, I kind of wanted to step back this time because I just didn't want to just
1: enjoy me and James talking.
0: Yeah, you know, I like the episodes where you guys are like solo and without Brad, who's not here today.
1: He's not here today because here, reviewing the Grand Budapest Hotel. Hang on, guys. This is this is really happening. I put the bat signal out in the front yard. Shut the fuck up. And here he is, the Dark Knight himself. Oh God, Batman. Hello, everybody. Holy shit. God. I didn't even see Batman. you there. I, you you just like walked out of the corner of the room. I
3: flew out of the corner. That's, That's right. Stealthy. That's right. You know
0: why? Because like he's Because bat. he, he's Batman.
1: I know. Thanks. Thanks for taking time, Batman. No problem. But I've only got like thirty minutes before I have to fight crime again. Hey, no <laughs> problem. So who did you beat up before you showed up here?
3: Uh, I think uh, the Riddler and uh, 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 Egghead. They they teamed up. To Not yourself. Calendar Man today, huh? No, I re- I got him last week. He's he's in Arkham right now.
0: Nice. Good is for it, you. Is the Puzzler still behind bars? I just want to make sure. Who the fuck is the Puzzler? The Puzzler. You know, Art Carney played him. Remember?
3: No, I don't. You don't remember? But I will find <laughs> out who he is.
0: <laughs> Batman, does he have friends? He must have friends. <laughs> he <laughs> just wants you, you to know know say
1: what? he that's, must have that's, friends. A, that's a puzzle for another time.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, man. Let's oh, do anyway. Batman's a man, a few words. Uh, you guys are going to review The Grand Budapest Hotel. Zach, should people go see The Grand Budapest Hotel?
0: Yes. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, Wes Anderson's flicks uh, from the past, uh, it, it, it's funny. He's kind of making fun of himself this time around, and uh, it's really cool to see him kind of like make fun of the fact that critics always say Wes Anderson makes the same kind of movie. Not in a critis- critical way; they love it, but like he, you know, any artist can take that way. And uh, Ray Fiennes gives a great performance. It's endlessly hilarious, uh, and uh, the the stars in that film, like the amount of stars in that film, is incredible. Like Owen Wilson shows up for like five minutes in the movie, and it's still awesome to see like him involved in it in a Wes Anderson film. Everybody's there for the ride. It's fun.
1: Batman, you're a dark motherfucker. Do you think that uh, it was a funny, joyful ride, the Grand Budapest Hotel? It was delightful. I can't wait to watch it again. So do you think it's going to be our buddy Brad's favorite movie of the year? You know, I know Brad, and I
3: heard you make fun of him for liking Moonrise Kingdom. (laughs) But if you you remember accurately, Moonrise Kingdom was the second favorite movie of 2012.
1: His favorite movie
3: was The Dark Knight Rises. (laughs) 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 What?
1: What's so funny? (laughs) Uh, We'll do a scene break. Here's a trailer for the Grand Budapest Hotel. Run to the cathedral of Santa Maria in Brucknerplatz. Buy one of the plain half-length candles and take back four kluvics and change. Light it in the sacristy, say a brief rosary, then go to Mendel's and get me a cortisano au chocolat. If there's any money left, give it to the crippled shoeshine boy. Hold it.
3: Who are you? I'm Zero, sir, the new lobby boy. And so my life began, junior lobby boy in training, under the strict command of Mr. Gustav H. I began to realize that many of the hotel's most valued and distinguished guests came for him. I love you. I love you. She was dynamite in the sack, by the way. She was 84. Mm, I've had older. I became his pupil, and he was to be my counselor and guardian. The police are here. Tell them I'll be right down. She's been murdered, and you think I did
1: it. Hey! Stop! This is Madame D's last will and testament to Monsieur Gustave H. I bequeath a painting known as Boy With Apple. It's a masterpiece. The rest of this shit is worthless junk.
2: This man is a ruthless adventurer and a con artist who preys on mentally feeble sick old ladies. And he probably
3: fucks them too.
1: How's that supposed to make me feel? Did he just throw my cat out the window? You see, there are still faint glimmers of civilization left in this barbaric slaughterhouse that was once known as humanity. (gasps) Indeed, that's what we provide in our own modest, humble, insignificant... Oh,
3: fuck it. What's the meaning of this shit?
1: Boy, with Apple, so I
3: thought, I thought you'd Are you fucking kidding
0: me? You know what that trailer oh. makes me want to do every time is like, every time something bad happens in my life, I want it to be like a Wes Anderson movie where like, okay, so it's like, a, uh, like I just hear from a girl, I'm pregnant. Dun, 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 dun. Just hear like low-level jazz music playing. Like I want my life to be lived like that forever. <laughs> that movie and this movie is full of it, but it's more like '30s aesthetic music and stuff, and um, a lot of stuff from the period. But like the the plot of the movie is very uh, kind of like goofy and kind of just simple. It's basically about like a murder. It's like Clue, like it, like the movie Clue. It's like a whodunit kind of thing. Yeah, but it's it's a Wes Anderson who done it and it's done in such a very dark yet very dry deadpan fashion that you're just laughing all the way through the movie like there's constant laughs and since he's making fun of himself on top of it if you're a fan of his movies and just love movies in general you're going to have a fun time with the flick
1: hey cool. batman i heard that he took kind of his gloves off in this movie where it's an r rated movie there's some bad words happening and kind of let loose. Is that, is that true? Is that a fair assessment of that movie? Uh, it's, it's not a
3: first for him. Many of his movies have been rated R before. Um, but it's definitely, uh, very self-referential. Like he's definitely playing to his strengths and, uh, crafting something much more elaborate and detailed. Uh, the scenes are very specifically plotted out, uh, visually, Um, And they're almost all symmetrical, every shot.
1: So, you're the guest here, Bats. Uh, I'll let you pick the clip that you're going to play for the Grand Budapest Hotel, okay? Okay, play this one.
3: He's a concierge! What are you doing?
1: I've come to pay my respects to a great woman whom I loved.
3: This man is an intruder in my home. It's not yours
1: yet, Dimitri. Only when probate is granted and the deed of entitlement is You're not
3: getting boy with apple, you goddamn little
1: fruit. How's that supposed to make me feel? Call the
3: police.
2: We're pressing charges. This criminal has plagued my family for nearly 20 years.
3: He's a ruthless adventurer and a con artist who preys on mentally feeble sick old ladies. And he probably fucks them too.
1: I go to bed with all my friends. Holy funny clip, Batman. (laughs) I like it because it's so dark. (laughs) Uh, Did you like my reference to 1966 Batman? I did. (laughs) I appreciate it. Although that Batman is
3: dead.
0: We have Batman in the... Can I ask a a Batman... As a Batman fan, I have to ask a question. Okay, so Batman, I have a question that's been plaguing me for years as a fan of the comic books, as a fan of the movies, as a fan of you as a character. I have to have one question. Are you going to eat that?
3: (laughs) Are you the question? You
0: just look down at my balls. <laughs> Made Batman look at my balls. I can't look that way. This is
3: the Keaton cow.
0: Yeah, exactly. That was what I wanted to do.
1: <laughs> he cannot turn his head. Why
0: did you decide to wear Keaton cow today, Batman? Like, you know, you you you've got so many cows over the years.
1: Bane broke my last cow. <laughs> It's, it's the on
3: one. the poster. <laughs> yes.
0: I thought you had to. I thought you guys had to place an order for several in order to, uh, you know, curb suspicion.
3: I
1: did. They're in the mail. <laughs> but you're having Lucius order them for you, right? To not. That's right. But how did I know that? I don't know. <laughs> but back to the Grand Budapest Hotel. So. Uh, Thank you. What? Uh, what else do you think is a selling point to this movie? Because. Uh, watching the trailers actually my favorite shot in the trailer is the one where Ray Fiennes like runs away and it just stays yeah. <laughs> on that shot as he keeps on running away is there uh, you guys going to have to help me out on this cuz you guys aren't really reviewing the movie so
0: it's, here like look at it, I, I would look at the Grand Budapest Hotel as if though it's just like if you're It's kind of like Moonrise Kingdom in a way, because when I saw the trailer for Moonrise Kingdom, it's very straightforward with the plot, which is like two kids run away and stuff like that, and you watch the trailer for the Grand Budapest Hotel, I get why it seems a little confusing, but it's pretty straightforward. It's about a murder mystery and stuff like that. You kind of go into a Wes Anderson movie expecting to see a lot of detail and a lot of pictures, and it's the imagery that's selling the movie, but once you start getting into the story you start seeing like a lot of funny you start realizing it's a comedy it's not like an artsy fartsy piece and i think that people mistake the two sometimes some not 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 as of late like with moonrise kingdom i think a lot more people are much bigger there's a lot more awareness of wes anderson than there was like 10 years ago obviously yeah so um but like uh, above all else it's the performances like there's I counted at least more than 15 well-known actors that you can go see in that movie. Like, even if you don't like one, there's probably, like, five others that you're probably going to love in that movie, and they all give great performances. Like, Ray Fiennes gives, I think, a very, like, award-worthy performance if we wanted to talk about, like, an award structure kind of thing. Like, he delivers a very strong comedic performance that's kind of rare. Like, the last strong comedic performance that I saw out of an actor was probably uh, John Dujardin and the artist or even mm-hmm. Leo and Wolf of Wall Street. But Ray Fiennes kind of has to play a very like Wes Anderson, kind of character, like the over uh, an overbearing kind of Wes Anderson character where it's like all of those quirky traits put into one package mm. and he sells it really well. Cool. So.
2: Cool.
3: The, the visual style is strong, but the, the dialogue really sold me because it's very unique and very different uh, you probably couldn't predict what anyone's going to say in the movie. It's fantastic yeah. and uh I guess maybe one criticism is that there's so many characters in the movie that there's no one you could really be invested in like they all give good performances, but uh, there's so many people that are on screen for maybe two minutes that you like you don't have time to to s- stay in- invested in them like there's the whole uh, zero and Agatha. Uh, plot uh you know they fall in love and uh yeah that live a happily weird. ever after sort of but you, like in past movies like say moonrise kingdom you'd be very like rooting for them but in this movie it's kind of like they're just there they're part of the story we
2: need to start a new podcast mm-hmm. where just batman read like reviews self-help books <laughs> alone no. Because that's the most words I've heard out of Batman ever in, like, one sentence. And it was the funniest. I was funniest. to find them. I, it was, yes,
3: I don't talk that much.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Batman, I just want to hear you review self-help books it, the rest of my life. Batman,
0: if I give you $20, will you read the book Go Dog Go?
3: Oh. I don't have time. <laughs> I have to fight crime. Go Dog Go. It's a 24-hour <laughs> job.
0: <laughs> uh, tell me, were you able to find the trigger?
1: Where is the trigger?
0: <laughs> I like when Batman comes to the show. Batman needs to come back more often.
1: He's always welcome. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. Anything else you want to say about the Grand Budapest Hotel?
0: Uh, go see it in the theater. It's a fun theater watch. Um, and uh, I think it, you'll have uh, – it's worth your time. It's worth your money. It's worth – like it's a good like evening at the
2: movies. Does it's he – uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Batman. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Batman. No problem.
3: It's fun, and you know how much I like fun. <laughs> I don't get a lot of fun in my life. <laughs> but Grand Budapest Hotel did it for me. I, uh, and I have to see it again anyway because of all the idiots at the Esquire Theater who showed up 20 minutes late and were filing in and yeah. blocking my view. Oh, yeah.
2: they were Why didn't boys. you just take them all to jail? Or, like, put them in the bataract? Being an idiot isn't a crime
0: because <laughs> he's not the he's not the usher the esquire deserves he's the, us, he's the usher the esquire needs
3: and if I remembered my grappling hook I would have fired it into the ceiling and watched it from there but I
0: didn't
1: <laughs> for a gargoyle or
0: you something. were ill
3: prepared I should have gone as Bruce Wayne wait a minute I'm not Bruce Wayne
0: <laughs> how, how is he doing is he good
1: I don't know
3: me and Bruce wait, Wayne wait, wait, are never wait. in the same room together if
1: you're not Bruce Wayne who are you <laughs> I bet, <laughs> That
3: was 20 years ago. I, I forgot.
1: <laughs> I say, I said him. I I've tossed him a softball, and uh, I was waiting for Batman to knock it out. I'm of sorry, arc. I'm distracted.
3: I'm getting signals about crimes being committed. <laughs> I think the Joker's loose, Zach. We should go stop him.
1: Oh my God, we gotta go. All right, thanks, Batman. Thanks, Zach. We'll. Thanks, guys. Uh, Enjoy, the, have a good show, yeah. and I'll don't, be back.
0: Don't worry, guys. Uh, this uh, Just heads up, this Batman right die, so if anybody here knows what? Ben Affleck, we might want to call him. Nice.
3: Affleck's a
1: punk. He's black shoes. Thanks, Batman. Thanks, Batman. We appreciate it. S- see you guys. So uh, until next week, James, you won't be here. but um, I won't. Which but we're be? seeing uh, The Muppets, The Most Wanted. Yeah. So it should be a good time.
2: Yeah, it will be. I'm excited. So. I'll wait and hear what you guys have to say before I go see it. That's not even true. I'm joking I'm going to see it. I was going to say, go see it. Say, go, go see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Qu- <laughs> future review of, of uh, The Real Nerds, The Muppets. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's at least good. Yeah. <laughs> it's The Muppets. Come on. You, you should probably fucking see it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cool.
1: Um, yeah, until next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.